0: It's the early access podcast episode 59 it is October 26 2021 find us on Spotify and iTunes I was out last week I was out on a video shoot so I know on the last episode I said episodes every week but then I lied because I was out on a video shoot that I thought it was gonna be on Monday and then it moved Tuesday so I had to move last week's episode to today but that's okay because I have a ton of cool things to talk about including uh, Pokemon cards getting more ridiculous We have some stuff to talk about Japan and their laws where they might be sending people to prison for online insults uh, and a bunch of other things. But first off, I want to talk about some Nikki health updates. Uh, First off, actually, first first off, a couple people reached out to me and uh, said they've been enjoying the Early Access podcast since we have returned from uh, the hiatus that we had starting on episode, I think, 52. So I appreciate you guys who have been uh, watching on Spotify. I don't have the analytics on hand right now, Keeler, but we've been doing surprisingly well for a podcast that I don't advertise and that I exclusively use uh, to keep my Twitch channel alive so that when TwitchCon comes back... And events are coming back. uh, I think they announced TwitchCon for 2022 that yeah, I want to keep my partner perks. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Thank you guys for... Enjoying the show.
1: In my head, there's still no one want, like that listens to this, so I always get surprised when people actually do.
0: People actually do listen to it, and sometimes I'll be streaming like Warzone or something on the second channel, and people will bring up a topic that we talked about on the show and give me their input like on Still Shampoo 2 or somewhere else where they've uh, they seen me on Twitch.tv slash Still Shampoo at 4 p.m. Pacific, except for today. which was super late because my power went out twice before the show. But it only went out for half a second within a span of 10 minutes it went down twice. So hopefully live during this show, it doesn't go down because that would be an absolute headache. But if it does, I would just I just have to post the episode as far as we get. Anyway, some some health updates. Since episode 52, I started talking about how I've been exercising more and trying to keep myself healthy. And it's been going well. I am down to 175 pounds flat. I had kind of a bad week the past two weeks because I was kind of eating like an asshole and I went on a little mini like two or three day vacation and when you go out and eat at restaurants and you're eating like gas station snacks it's kind of hard to keep yourself on point but I'm down to 175 which I think is a pretty healthy weight body fat percentage is somewhere around like between 16 and 17 percent I know every time I talk about my little scale that I bought off Amazon it's 20 dollars it's a Renfo scale they don't sponsor us it gives you your body fat percentage and other details about like how much protein you're eating how much water you have I think it has something to do with it sends infrared or something. It sends some kind of signal through your body and then tracks how long it takes to get back, kind of like how radar guns work when police are trying to track how fast you're going. Uh, I know it's not 100% accurate, so anytime I bring up that scale and any measurements I get on it, people are like, oh, well, Nikki, that's not 100% accurate. And that's not important. It's just about keeping track of trends. And if the number is going down, that's probably a good thing as far as things like body fat percentage and and weight go. So I have been mostly rock climbing lately to get my exercise and going for walks. Like I went for some long walks on the beach, which I'll talk about a little bit, but I am getting, I'm getting significantly stronger. Like I I actually look at my arms and I look at myself in the mirror right before I take a shower. And this is the best I've ever looked in my life. Uh, And I'm starting to do, when I first started rock climbing, I wasn't really in it to do anything insane. Because what you see like the best rock climbers do is they're it, they're like climbing ceilings, right? They're completely parallel to the ground, like literally monkeying themselves around. And I watched rock climbing at the Olympics. And some people, even at the gym, just look like they're climbing a ladder at, at full speed or climbing stairs. It's incredible the amount of strength some people have. And of course, they. I've only been doing it for what, two months or something, maybe even less than that. But I managed to complete multiple times, uh, so I know it's not a fluke. I, I, I was able to do it like two times in a row, uh, a 510. I don't exactly understand the rock climbing difficulty scale, but I don't know what the 5 is. But the second number I understand is difficulty. So like an 8 to 11 is intermediate. So I was able to do a 10, uh, a 10A, and then A, B, C, D are like additional difficulty modifiers, so A is easier than B, which is easier than C, which is easier than D. And it's cool to be able to keep track of, oh, last week I was only able to do a 9, and today I'm able to do a 10, and now I'm working on, like, a 10B. And it uses it uses the uh, rhythm game difficulty scale. Rhythm games in arcades. So rhythm games in arcades use a 1 to 20 or 1 to 10 or 1 to 50 difficulty scale, right? Whereas a lot of VR rhythm games, for some reason, use easy, medium, hard, expert which isn't a great indicator of actual difficulty because there's easy experts and there's hard experts. So I really like the number scale a lot better. And you can actually see as you're rock climbing what the next most difficult thing you can do is, which I find to be really interesting. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm just a sweaty tryhard. So anything I like get myself into, I I really like enjoy advancing and seeing Improvement, like objective numbers as far as improvement goes. Same thing with like losing weight. So that's been really cool. Uh, And it's my main source of exercise. And if you happen to have a rock climbing gym around you, it doesn't seem like a terrible idea to go out and do, even if you're doing it by yourself. I haven't taken a top rope class. So if you ever see those rock climbers who have like someone on the ground and then they have a rope attached to another person, I haven't taken the class to do that. I'm actually doing that tomorrow. But uh, I just do like auto stuff. So if you don't have any friends, you can literally attach yourself to this thing on the ceiling, which is kind of like it's a rope, but it works like a seatbelt where if you tug on it too hard, it gives a little resistance. So it lowers you to the ground slowly. So if you don't have anyone to go with, I think it's still worth trying out for anyone uh, looking for something to do. I know it's getting into like fall and winter. So we're all like starting to bundle up, but I'm hoping by like next spring and summer, I'm a uh, I'm much better I'm losing a just losing a little bit of weight at a time and gaining a little bit more strength at a time. And so, uh, instead of like making it a short term goal, it's going to be kind of a life change. So that's what I've been doing lately. And I'm feeling pretty good on that front. Uh, physically, I went on a vacation, uh, I think it was last week, right before I had my video shoot. I went up to Bodega Bay. Have you ever been up there, Kewler? To where? It's bodega bay it's in california it's in like northern california mm,
1: i don't go to beaches really so i wouldn't know is it north north of us
0: yeah it's uh 60 miles north of san francisco and i've never been there before
1: <laughs> the furthest up i've been besides sacramento which is not on the coast has been santa rosa which is also not on the coast but a little closer so if it's more than that i don't think so i've never been it's um it's in
0: that north. like area so it's in sonoma county i think i, I okay, know where yeah, santa I've rosa been, is
1: it's in
0: Sonoma. At least I know that. Yeah, so it's uh, it's the beach out there on the side. And it is like a little bay. And it is gorgeous out there. I went right before all these storms started happening in California. There was a storm on Sunday where there's this clip that was going around of a truck on... I think it was the Bay Bridge and the winds were the so Richmond strong. Was it the, was Richmond, it the Bridge. Richmond Bridge? Yeah. The uh, winds were so strong that it pushed this full semi-truck like into another lane the winds were so strong. There was a tree that fell down near me. It was a really bad storm, but I went to the beach like right before the storms happened. So it was uh really beautiful. And it was great to actually like get out and see the ocean, which I don't even know if I've seen since before the pandemic and touch grass. That's great. Uh <laughs> I didn't do any yeah, I didn't do any like outdoor rock climbing or anything like that, but uh, it was nice to get out of the house even though it was incredibly expensive because uh, going to Sonoma on the weekends. All the hotels are booked. And I wanted to get one like near the beach so we had a nice view of the literal bay. And then it was just a five minute drive to the ocean. But I uh, highly recommend it. It was really nice out there. And I would had go. You have to get a hotel
1: fall. around that area. Yeah. It's surprising luck. Like you'd think there's not many people going up there, but no. There's just, <laughs> there's really not great availability and all of
0: it is expensive. Speaking of going up there I I really underestimate how different California is when you leave San Francisco, San Jose, San Diego, and LA and like all the major cities because just going 60 miles north of San Francisco, it is all white people. I, I think I, in my car, had 100% of the Asian people in Bodega Bay. There's I saw a couple of black people. And it, other than that, it was all white people. It's all retirement homes and old people and people playing golf. So I most mean, of it's those also homes the are area probably you're vacant. Going
1: to, it's not like most of California is like that. It's that you specifically went to Sonoma County, which is an extremely wealthy and extremely mm-hmm. like like exclusionary area for anyone else. So it's gonna be white. It just happens.
0: Yeah, it's all old people, all retirement homes. Um, all like vacation homes and Airbnbs and stuff like that. So uh, it's very different than the San Francisco that we know where, you know, it's very diverse and there's traffic everywhere.
1: Also in general, when you leave the cities because diversity tends to flock to the urban areas. So once you leave them,
0: it just decreases nature wise though. uh, It was absolutely gorgeous and it was great to get out of the house because lately my mental health has not been great, even though I've been doing great, like working out and all that stuff. I mean, (laughs) welcome to the club. Welcome to the uh, Early Access Podcast. We'll talk about video games a little bit, but I wanted to talk about going outside, which is the absolute opposite of video games. And it was a good way for me to, like, literally get some fresh air because the air actually, it smells different when you don't have, like, 50 trillion cars driving by and you get that little, like, ocean sea salt in there. It was really nice. Uh, And I took that little vacation before... I had a video shoot, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Actually, I forgot to talk about TikTok. Let's talk about TikTok here at the top of the show. I have made four TikToks so far, released one yesterday, four for that in this batch. I know I had the, the Richard one that went viral like earlier in the year. And so I'm starting to make more TikToks as kind of a way to... I'm trying to do things to occupy my time because quite frankly, I just feel like shit if I'm not rock climbing or playing Pokemon cards, just take my mind off things and you can't rock climb every day because it's super hard on your joints and your wrists. So you need your rest days to build muscle and also to not like break my spine. So on the days that I'm not rock climbing, I've been editing TikToks. They're honestly taking me like four to six hours. Like There's a lot of subtitling and looking through footage and cutting, but I really enjoy doing it. And I like telling a story in a non-linear format because when you're live streaming, it's all just linear as it happens and being able to like edit out parts of the story and take the funniest quips and and make it into a 60 second little story I really enjoy. It. So I got four of them done. I'm working on a fifth one. I released one yesterday and uh that's that's something I'm doing also now. So uh at Still Shampoo on TikTok and pretty much everywhere else. I'm gonna be starting to put those out as uh, we're farming for Call of Duty content, because it seems to be more popular, even though I enjoy playing Pokemon, Call of Duty content is more popular on TikTok. So uh, I've been making that over on Still Shampoo on TikTok. So go check that out. I was on a video shoot shortly after I came back from Bodega Bay, and I didn't have, so we didn't have, this isn't like a normal video shoot where I'm on, where we have like a whole stylist, and it was a pretty you know low budget operation. Uh, so I went over to Hot Topic. And this isn't so much about the video shoot as it was this dude who I met at Hot Topic. So there's pretty much only two people there, uh, me and my friend Swan, who are on the shoot. And then there was the employee there, and then there was one other guy, right? So Swan's picking out clothes for me for the video shoot. And this dude walks in, and this older guy, must have been in his 40s, uh, his hair is thinning out. And he's just kind of standing off in the distance talking to the store employee. And I got very, very quickly the vibes that she didn't want to be talking to this guy. He's one of those guys where I feel like they aren't doing anything wrong, right? But they're still weird. And they have to do something that crosses a line in order for you to kick them out, especially if you're like a store employee or something like that. So this dude was talking to her uh, just Telling her about a bunch of things. She was giving them, oh, oh, really? Like, just a bunch of things that she didn't care about. I could very clearly tell that he wasn't there to buy anything. And that this isn't the first time that he had walked in there to bug her. And I wanted to do something. Um, so, I, like, kind of got her attention. She started talking to me. Um, and very clearly, it was, like, trying to help me out. And just shooting the shit and having normal conversation to try to stay away from this guy. And he wouldn't leave the store. I tried to stall him out. So he's just standing there patiently, like, waiting for her to finish talking to me. Eventually, I buy my clothes and leave. And as I'm walking out, the guy, like, from the back of the store goes up to the cash register. And now that they're all the only two people in the store, I'm looking back at her. And she, like, gives me a wave goodbye and, like, kind of a shrug. I I was insinuating that I understood that this guy was kind of weird. There was one thing that he said. Uh, I mentioned to her, like, oh, I I play Pokemon cards. Uh, And she was like, oh, yeah, I like collecting cards and all that stuff. And he butts into the conversation. And the guy goes, oh, when did you start playing Pokemon cards? And I said, oh, I started playing Unified Minds, you know, the Last Sun and Moon block. And this dude holds up, like, one finger. And I'm like, what? And he's like, this is when I started playing. Like, what does that mean? He's like, Gen 1. I'm like, all right, buddy. Everyone was into Pokemon Gen 1. Keila, you have some Gen 1 cards, right?
1: I, I you see I have like only Gen 1 cards, <laughs> I think. I think maybe some from Gen 2.
0: Everyone was into Pokemon Gen 1, right? That I, I have some old Gen 1 cards. And so I don't know if this guy was just trying to like alpha me in front of him. He'd be like, yeah, I'm the cool guy. I've been into Pokemon way longer. It's like, bro, I don't know anything about like the fossil era of Pokemon. And I'm not about to sit here and like test your Pokemon knowledge. But you're just you're just being a weirdo, bro. Like I'm just trying to have a normal conversation with her. And so I he 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 hasn't you haven't been playing since Gen 1. He doesn't currently play the game. Uh he's just trying to be a weirdo and butt into the conversation. So I I wanted to do something there. Like I I I couldn't kick him out of the store because I don't work at that hot topic. And I had no way to like get her out of the store because she's also working and he didn't do anything wrong. He's just being fucking weird. And you can very clearly tell by her body language, she was being uncomfortable. Now I realized I'm super, I'm super aware of what other people are feeling during a conversation. Like if I'm talking to someone that I don't know and I get even the, even a hint of them not wanting to talk to me, I'll dip out. I'll hit the eject button. Like their shoulders turn away or they're like not super interested in what I'm talking about. I'll end that right there and get out. Right. But she is very much like this guy comes in and bugs her all the time. And I wanted to do something. I just don't know what the correct play was there. I went back in afterwards because I needed to buy something else again to like check up and make sure that he didn't murder her. Uh, And she seemed fine. So hopefully she ends up telling her manager or something like that. She's very helpful helping us pick out clothes on the shoot. She's very nice, but. Uh, that guy was just weird. I don't know exactly how to deal with those people. If I don't have any control of the situation, like obviously if it's a part of my friend group, we either tell that guy to stop being a fucking weirdo or we kick him out. Right. But if I don't have any like power in that hot topic, I don't exactly know what the play is. Right. We eventually picked out clothes, finished that shoot. And that's what I've been doing for the past two weeks, editing TikToks, going in a hot topic and climbing rocks for the gaming related stuff to talk about it today Keler you want to talk about I didn't read the article because my power went out as Keler sent it to me but Japan uh, and Je- uh, the Japanese government rather might institute prison for online insults and before anyone goes freedom of speech this is Japan and so our amendments don't apply over there I had to open the article but you find anything interesting? In the article, killer.
1: So this article, which is from the English version of Kyoto News, whatever. Um, it there's not really much more to it as far as we know. It just says that they might introduce prison terms as far as I'm. Mean, it's not like say anything bad. You go immediately to jail, but I'm assuming at a certain level that prison might be an option. It looks like what they're trying to introduce. They don't really go into specifics to know any more than that. It's just like it's on the floor right now for the Japanese government. Then it's could potentially be in there it's really vague this was the only like actual news source I was really able to find there was a tweet that was literally just the headline and nothing else so I don't know I don't know but it does seem like there's been a few like cases of heavier cyberbullying going on within the Japanese internet and so this is kind of a response they want to do and whether that's helpful or not is definitely questionable but you know it could uh, how how will this affect like online interactions in all sorts of ways how easy will it be for you to even get to this level of punishment and various things like that
0: all right let's say this goes through and let's say it applies in america where do we where do we start putting people in jail for online insults so if we started oh, it's not happening in america first of all I, I know i it wouldn't it definitely would not but let's say let's say it did let's say i'm dictator right and i get to decide what you say online gets you in jail i feel like if we started at yelling the n-word or the f-word that call of duty's player base would drop by 75 percent, and we would run out of space in jails so that that seems to be off the table i think if if this were go to go into effect there have been a lot of uh female creators in the pokemon community specifically that have been talking about getting harassed uh there was one female creator who got Basically, uh, Pokemon's been sending out Celebrations cards, uh, which are cards from older sets. It's a new set, but also it has reprints of a lot of cards from older sets over 25 years of Pokemon. And certain creators have been getting this big plaque, and it's like 25 cards in the plaque. There's like Base Set, Venusaur, Blastoise, and Charizard. There's Gold Star, Umbreon, Tapu, Lele, GX, like a lot of famous and powerful cards throughout the game's history. And it's a beautiful plaque. And on the bottom is a gold plate with the creator's name on it. And a bunch of creators in America were sent this plaque. Uh, A female creator in the Pokemon community got one of these plaques. And she's been getting a ton of harassment for it. So much so that there was someone who photoshopped like her holding that plaque. And then instead of like the normal clothes she was wearing, they put like some, some chick in a swimsuit, like completely someone else's body. Uh, and I know another creator who's more in like the Unite space who is just getting harassment for just being a normal, successful streamer. And so I feel like if this were to go into law and people were people had a proven track record of targeted harassment and you can prove it was them, uh, let's throw those people. Let's throw those people in still shampoo jail. Now, of course, there is there is a difference between people in your in your Call of Duty, de- Rich. I I don't know. Am I allowed to talk about this on Spotify? What What Richard said last night, Keeler? We Neither can mention this
1: afterwards. I-, <laughs> I do I do want to add make an amendment right now that um. So regarding like high profile cases and like what would constitute prison in this case and what Japan's doing. So like one of the recent high profile cases of like harassment was the uh, wrestler Hanakimuda who committed suicide supposedly out of a barrage of just really hateful and harassing comments, where actually it does mention that two men uh, from Osaka and Fukui uh, prefectures were fined 9,000 yen each for making insults, and where some people apparently thought that was not enough of a punishment. So it's if we are thinking dollars. of like what, what a use case would be, yeah, so like $90, $80. Um, so if we're thinking what like a real case would be for this, it probably would be like if some damage is actually done, then there's a punishment that might include prison or something. It's not I don't think they necessarily would do. You said something bad and you immediately go to jail, but yeah, there, Doxing, there definitely swatting. is some sort of thing. It's a reminder that again these countries don't have a First Amendment work, which would this would just not apply at all. It would immediately be blocked in the U.S., but in most other places in the world, stuff like this happens.
0: There's a lot of context uh, also to be taken into account. Richard called me something last night while we were playing Warzone that I'm not sure I can repeat on the on Spotify, iTunes. a
1: common word? That I don't know. I guess you
0: said terrible I get, things. Well, yeah. I mean, he said some other things that definitely aren't allowed on Spotify, or iTunes. But <laughs> I mean, regardless, if if you said it to your friend over a Call of Duty lobby, right? And you guys were joking. It's kind of like Twitch's rule on Simp. Like you can call your friend simps but you can't use simps so as many, an insult I, i've
1: seen so many that call themselves this at this point so that's why i don't even look at it as an insult anymore
0: but anyway uh, i feel like
1: we're being way too vague at this point
0: i'm not even i don't know anything about japanese parliament but i'm not sure <laughs> if this will go past like Euler said there's no way this gets passed in america i definitely think there should be some kind of consequences for people who are doing things like swatting doxing uh hate raids like things like that hate raids is the number one thing that comes to mind When the Japanese government considering online insults a crime, if you get an army of bots, like hundreds of bots to flood someone's chat with Hitler quotes and those ASCII arts of Mario having a gigantic dick, then, uh, then you know what? I wouldn't be against putting the person who coordinated that in jail. If, of course, it could be proven that it was that person, uh. Well, I was going to say it's just a prank, bro, but it, it probably isn't. I don't think you're just a prank, bro. Your, your friends Twitch chats with that, especially if it's their livelihood. I have a... Of course, because I was a professional Twitch streamer, I won't a soft spot for... You're literally impacting someone's paycheck when you flood their chat, when you damage their mental health so they can't... They don't get on to stream and perform at their absolute best when they have to waste their time banning a bunch of people rather than being entertaining or creating content. Uh, it's very damaging. And I know... Specifically targets uh, a lot of online harassment, female creators. Was that, was that um, person you were talking about earlier, Kuehler? Were they a wrestler?
1: Yeah, wrestler. It was a, it was a woman.
0: Oh, yeah, see. it's so another good case right there. But this is something that will be interesting to see if it goes through. But for right now, it is simply a headline that Kuehler and I found on Twitter. Uh, next up in gaming news, this I found hilarious, um, but also very sad. This is from uh, Brendan Sinclair on Twitter. A lot of games are already ruthlessly designed to maximize engagement, but now they email and hassle you if you dare stop playing them. Uh, This is an email from Far Cry 6, uh, from Ubisoft, who made Far Cry 6. The subject is you disappoint me. Insert name here. (laughs) Already coming out of the fucking gate hot, Ubisoft. Legitimately. The, The header says... It's amusing to watch you fail, and it's the face of the villain of Far Cry Six. He was a uh, who? What was this guy's name in Breaking Bad? He got Breaking Bad. Spoiler alert! He got blown up at the end of his story arc. I loved this guy. I forget. Uh, I, I, I fe- forget. His I you like
1: for spoiler purposes, I shouldn't actually say his name. But yes, I do know. I do know who. You if you watch Breaking
0: Bad by now, come on. Okay, anyway, if you have
1: Okay, fine then. Fine then. Full spoilers. Gus. Gus.
0: Gus Fring. Thank you. Okay. It's that guy from Breaking Bad. He's the bad guy in Far Cry 6. And it's his face at the top of the email saying, It was amusing to watch you fail. The rest of the email says, Hola, Rojas. I wanted to thank you for giving me free reign in Yara. Take it easy and know that Yara is in capable hands. El Presidente. And then it says in all caps, Surely you can do better than this. And then it lists your time played. And for this person, it was three hours. Holy shit! Come
1: on, it's three hours—you probably haven't even beat the game in three hours. You haven't no, beat the game in not. three hours. <laughs> certainly Come not. On. But three
0: hours, in my opinion, is enough time to know whether or not you want to continue playing the game.
1: Or, I mean, like, imagine if Call of Duty did this to me because I stopped playing back in May. Because mm. I literally was, like, moving across. Like, if I was, if I had moved across the world, and I was, like, literally just, like, grabbing, like, bills and scraps of cash just to get food during those days when I was, like, sleeping on the floor one time because the bed broke. And I get an email from, like, Activision being, like, hey, you can do better than this. You haven't been online. I would, like, <laughs> I would just snap right there. I don't have a disc to break because my console was left at home. but. <laughs> It shows your In KD. my mind, it would be happening. It would be like you tossing the Destiny disc behind you where it disappeared into the void and never came back.
0: That would be super insulting. If the Cold War, the Call of Duty Cold War version of this, were like, you really gonna let these commies win? And it's like yeah, if, your they, KD, if they had a picture of Ronald played.
1: Reagan saying, like, you disappoint <laughs> me, I'd be like, you know what I fucking do, Reagan? <laughs> and I'm happy about it.
0: So game companies have tons of metrics on how you play your game it's built in uh apps have metrics on where did you close the app uh how did you go through the app and then where did you stop how long were you on it what kind of guns are you using what kind of guns are getting the most kills uh back in evolve they had tons of metrics on like i actually probably shouldn't say but for example (laughs) hypothetically there would be metrics on what maps are being played the most or when are people quitting Let's say you know, games are on average fifteen minutes long. Are people quitting at the two minute mark? Are people quitting at the thirteen minute mark? Are they quitting right before they're about to lose? There's tons of metrics in games. So of course they know you quit, and they know how much time you had played, and then to take this information and say what would get people back into our game? Let's email them an in-character, <laughs> insulting piece of propaganda to get get our, get themselves back in the game. It's just they they have some kind of metrics that it works, or either that or it's some producer being like, "Yo, we gotta we need some action. We gotta do something." to get people to pick the game up after they drop it so figure it out and this is it's one of those two things either they have metrics that it works or someone's pushing the marketing team to send these emails because i don't imagine working on this marketing team and thinking that this is a good idea but uh it's it's it just something makes me they want to play the
1: game doing. it makes me want now, to do it less
0: other apps do do stuff like this so like duolingo is always like yo bro you're about to lose your streak uh, one reason I stopped using Duolingo, I, I really found it frustrating, is I lost my 200- or 300-day streak or something like that. And afterwards, they were like, hey, do you want to buy your streak back for $20? I'm like, that's so predatory <laughs> that and stupid.
1: So awful. <laughs> I got angry at mine because I remember I finished the course, I finished the whole tree for French because it's kind of know the language a bit, but then every time they add like a new course or something, they remove my trophy and so I was I would kept like having to race to get my trophy back and then I just I just gave up. I'm like I can't keep up.
0: So, a streak is just a it's just a social signaling tool. Right, it's kinda like titles and calling cards and emblems. All these things are, are are social signaling tools. And I don't give a fuck about them. I don't care if you have a two thousand streak in Duolingo. I don't care if you have a nuclear tag in Call of Duty, meaning I like you it got for a thirty kill streaks because yeah, like,
1: yeah. the streak means how like you've been doing it for this many days right like it means that like, you've been practicing every day so on like a personal level I kind of like the idea of it because I could say hey I've been I've been committing right like I've been committing to this
0: yeah for sure it's the same way like oh I'm 175 pounds now that means I put in the work to drop myself down from yes, like 193 exactly. right but on things like Duolingo, that means you you could have bought streak freezes or you could have like I'm not I'm not uh, or you could have bought your streak back i'm not losing weight because i want to i want to you know hop on twitter and be like yo guys i'm fucking ripped now i'm doing it for myself so i can feel you there i'm not doing it so i can post on twitter hey i'm on a 2000 streak because ultimately i don't know i don't know if you cheated or i don't know if there's a real streak you bought a streak right. freeze or something like that
1: i had i had the streak freeze with the in-game currencies which just because like some days i legitimately couldn't or like yeah. You know, I did it at like one a.m. the night before, but then two a.m. the night after, so I technically would have broken that. But so that, in those cases, it was fine. But even then, like I, I always, I always limited myself. I'm like, okay, the streak freeze is like what, like a like a day or something, it's one like day. extra yeah. or something. Yeah. So they like okay, one day is fine because we can't all do it every single day, right? Like we have lives that are different, but it it still means that like for these many days, I at least only skipped one day in between. The run. And I think it made like 200 or something, which is pretty good.
0: Uh, yeah. And I like that for your own self-measurement. But like when, for example, when you're losing weight, you can't cheat unless you're literally like cheating and not stepping on the scale all the way. Right. <laughs> so in a way, that's even better than having a 2000 streak on Duolingo because that you can actually cheat. And either way, these are both like all these things like titles and these little rewards and cosmetics people get are just a way to socially signal that you're cool.
1: Right.
0: Which is, in my opinion... A bit toxic. I mean the, and the whole thing internet. With the, personal,
1: the thing with like personal streak is that like at one point my streak did break and like yeah. afterwards I'm like okay well like I don't have that little shiny number that tells me I've been doing it for this many days but like I can I know personally that I just got an extra day or I like didn't have a streak freeze that day and like I just know personally that I'm still doing pretty good and I'm just going to start over cuz the number really doesn't mean a lot if you're not sharing it on a personal level it's just like a tracker it's just like a scale so
0: yeah it's fine it's fine <laughs> uh, you should feel proud of the actual work that you do but so many things in, uh, in gaming and Duolingo and mobile apps uh, are about signaling that oh I did something cool and at a certain point they can get really toxic uh, there's things like uh, Naraka Blade Point has this thing where as the game ends you can like share the scoreboard directly to Twitter because it's a PC game And that's a way to, like, oh, look, I got this 20-kill game. And it's important for you to be proud of your accomplishments and stuff like that. Like, I just talked about some of mine at the beginning of the game. Uh, But some people get way too wrapped up into it. And the fact that companies are now, like, really preying on, hey, like, get back into Far Cry.
1: It's It's the predatory level, I think. I think, it, like, sharing your accomplishments is just perfectly okay. Like, in in games where I think they're not really enticing you to do this as much, say, like, taking, like, screenshots of City Skylines or something, it's not necessarily, like, it's not it's that much of a social factor except that enticing people to just, like, play the game more in a normal way. But I think when it's something like Duolingo's thing and their constant reminders, it's like, you're, you're aware that they're not just doing this because... Uh, they want you to get better at the language is because they have a profit value of you continuing to use the app because they show advertisements in it and you're more likely to maybe buy something from it. And
0: uh-huh. yeah, That's it's the that kind of issues. thing that
1: like, okay, I'm going to use this app because it'll help me like learn words in another language. But then you have to also be aware that they are also trying to like rope me into an addictive um, like dependence on this on this piece of software. And I mean, I guess I um i grew up most of my life at this point i think without that kind of thing even when like smartphones were a thing that wasn't too common but i wonder like for those who might not it might be easy to get hooked into, hooked into it too easily even for older people like
0: if they just aren't aware of that yeah, the whole advertising thing is important also because very rarely do people act on an advertisement the first time they see it that's why you see coke ads still like we all know coke exists right they, they have to keep advertising and keep awareness up. You've, you The first time you see a car commercial, you're probably not even fully paying attention, right? But yeah. maybe the seventh time you see it, now it's really set and it's like, oh, you know what? I have been looking for a car that's been in the back of my mind. Maybe I'll buy that one. And that's why it's important for Duolingo and these other apps to keep you engaged in the app so you can keep seeing those ads and then eventually they'll get the click. Um, now, that's a little bit different than Far Cry. Far Cry just wants you to continue playing their game so you can buy DLC and cosmetics because they're probably... I haven't played Far Cry 6, but they're probably not selling ads inside of Far Cry 6. So their incentive is to get but you they to are selling cosmetics something. and all that. They are selling yeah.
1: something within the game that they want you to do. Although it's weird that they ask you to, like... They, they they act like because you haven't played this game in a while that like the bad guy has taken over or something. Which is kinda of yeah. weird because like that's not like you turn off the game and the game is gonna stay there as you are. But it's not like games where that actually would be true. Like other games that have historically like where time keeps running even when you're not actually like playing the game or something, that you log back in and everything's destroyed. I forget which games specifically, but there are some that do that. That would, that would, I kind of would understand almost, like sending you an email being like, hey, your, your, your place is falling apart.
0: So the, um, a, uh, Animal Crossing on the GameCube was the first game I can that remember. That the one where I think, yeah. Things actually changed while you were gone. Like yes. weeds would grow yes. and time would change. And at that time it was revolutionary. Like, holy shit. Time passes like it does in real life weeds will grow flowers will die like villagers will move in and out while you're gone that's my first instance i can remember of that happening and
1: as a child it's like fine because it's like uh you have the time to continue playing this game but i think like as people people who were like older i think had struggles with this because they couldn't keep logging into this game all the time it was like constantly pulling them back
0: i i caution on the show a lot about how games are drawing you in and this is just another tactic to keep engagement up and Social signaling, whether it be like this is this is slightly different. The email thing is annoying. The social signaling of like sharing oh like I won this battle royale game. Or for example, I did it the other day. I won a Pokemon tournament and I shared my deck, right? There's no one enticing me to do that. So in a way it's not really like super predatory. If I I like doing that because other people will see my deck and then maybe a friend will message me and be like, hey Nikki, try this card. Um and it's kinda of collaborative, right? Like I won a real life Pokemon tournament, I shared my deck on Twitter and there was nothing compelling me to do that, right? Like, no one from Pokemon showed up and be like, Yeah, take a picture of that and throw that up on Twitter, bro. There was no like little button there for me to share, like there is at the end of Naraka Blade Point, or you know, like you send a you tweet out a Warzone screenshot. Actually, Warzone doesn't do that, I think, on PC, although I haven't played Warzone on PC. But it's important to keep in mind that games want you to like share your little achievements and that kind of keeps you wrapped up into it. And ultimately, I feel like sitting around chasing those achievements all the time is a uh, is a way that they keep you engaged in the game, right? Same thing with like leveling up a gun, uh, but it also can be very detracting from from you having from you doing other things. Like that's something that's lending into people getting super addicted to games. Is they do all these little things to keep you engaged, and then to sig- to signal to your friends that you're engaged to get them engaged.
1: Right, and and I I think there's a certain point like it's you can't find a game these days without some sort of achievement or without some sort of like measurement of skill or something. So yeah. like at a certain point, you kind of it's kind of part of video games as like a thing. And I mean, if you're gonna if you want to share your like accomplishments or something, by all means, go ahead and do it. If you want to go into something to get that, go ahead and do it. I like. In high school or something, I, like, reopened Guitar Hero 2, and I'm, like, an N1, and, and I'm, like, I'm just going to five-star every song in this game. It's, like, a metric that they have, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it, and I did it. Um, but, like, the, also be aware of, like, what they're after when they do that. Obviously, these are old PS2 games. They're not—I can't—literally cannot buy anything else in the game, so you know, I wasn't making any more money for harmonics there, but, like— in other situations, like uh, if you want to share it, it's fine. If you want to go for this like completion run, that's fine. But also, like, all be aware of what they might be enticing you to do, what they're trying to get you addicted to, and then if you can avoid that, then you're good, I suppose. It's Almost like navigating yeah.
0: drugs. You put it in a much better words. I feel like yeah, than it's, I it's, did like back navi- there.
1: it's like navigating drugs. I guess so if you're gonna. You know, you can try some of them, but like also be aware of what they can do to your mind, have a more controlled environment and so it doesn't really mess you up too badly. And then I guess like Genshin is like heroin, so just don't even don't even go to that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No Genshin players are listening
0: right now. No, they're playing Genshin. No one's listening to this right now. (laughs) a A, A great comparison is like Black Ops 2 versus Cold War, right? If you take two weeks off of Black Ops 2, nothing happens. Right. If you take two weeks off a of Cold War, you probably missed like an in-game event. You probably missed scaling up your battle pass. Right. They really want you to stay in and engaged every day. When there's there's not really a point. I feel like Be, why would you want to level up all these different melee weapons when at the end of the day all you get is a melee weapon.
1: At some point, I think we have to understand that like it ultimately is pointless, and that sometimes it it is either like okay to, or you have to just disconnect. Like you have to kind of stop caring. Um, about this, like at some point Duolingo's constant messages. At some point, I'm like, you know what? I hit the tree once. I they keep asking me to go back to try it again, but I'm like, you know, I don't have to because it doesn't matter. I've I've taken everything I could from this class. Sometimes I will go back to get a few words, but it's fine. Call of Duty, I don't care. I miss a few days, you miss something, it's fine. I, my life will go on. There'll be there's gonna be another Call of Duty in like a couple of years, anyways.
0: I I, rem- I just remembered what I was getting at. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna detract for a moment and tell a story. I was driving the other day, and I know Kyler can't relate. There are two left lane turns. I was getting off the freeway ramp. I was on the exit, and I was in the second left turn lane. So not the left left lane, but I was in the left lane. And light turns green. It's a protected left, left arrow. And I'm making my left turn, right? And the car to my left stops, and I keep going. Now, because I'm going up and on ramp, I kind of can't see too far to the left. And I keep going and I almost get T-boned. The car to my left saw it. But I didn't. Because they were blocking me and it was a little bit uphill. Uh, so the car like stops right before they hit me and I just continue making the turn. And I had a choice to make right there very quickly. It was either keep going so they hit my the back left of my car, right, where there's no one sitting, or stop and they hit me, right, so I just gunned my way through it. Uh, and luckily they stopped in time and didn't hit me at all, so I was totally fine. But As I was on that drive, this is the real part of the story that connects to what we were just talking about. I was thinking of something. And uh, then I stopped thinking about it because I almost literally died. A lot of games, it's a carrot on a stick, right? So the Ubisoft email is a reminder to keep chasing the carrot. And then when you're looped into it, when you're like, oh, I'm trying to earn that title. Or I'm trying to five-star every song Guitar Hero. Or I'm trying to, like hit max prestige in cold war that's you chasing the carrot on the stick right and i feel like a lot of times it's not even worth it dude it's just a fucking carrot at the end you're yeah. not you're not getting anything that was worth the 120 hours you spent chasing the carrot sometimes the carrot is absolutely fucking delicious and you don't have to chase it for that long Sometimes, a lot sometimes of time, you can
1: just subject yourself to chasing it, too. Like, if I want to get exercise, and me chasing a carrot will make it work, sometimes I will do that. This is referring to, like, gamification of exercise things and whatnot that we normally do. It's like, it's just, you get your mind into it, right? But, like, you have to also remember that, like, you are intentionally investing into something that's ultimately pointless. Right? It might with, be fun, like, but you, you cannot forget the fact that it is pointless. Otherwise, that is when things start to go bad.
0: Yeah, with, with Duolingo specifically it's a little less pointless because you, as you, like you said as you're getting that exercise as you're chasing that carrot on a stick you're learning another language right or you're practicing yeah. a language. That's good. With a lot of games I feel like we're we're chasing the carrot, you get it, and there's another carrot on the stick to get, but you didn't gain anything while chasing it. Well, the thing it, with Duolingo? Really, is that
1: they they bring you in by again like you say like okay, here's the carrot on a stick, but it's going to be you learn a language, but then if if it really is about learning a language then why can you pay to have the number right yeah.
0: Because, because then that's the, whole, that's the
1: other objective is they want you to start chasing the number instead of necessarily chasing the language which is why again, you have to remember that the, that the number is pointless and if you can remember that then you won't get too roped into that and you can just focus on using that number to make you learn the language
0: I think that's ultimately what I'm trying to get through people's heads is that you're chasing a carrot on the stick and you gotta remember like who put the carrot there how how far the stick is and how much you have to run and kind of breaking that fourth wall. They want, they're they trying to make some money off of you. Is the reward really worth it? They do all these things like, oh, social signaling that you completed a, an objective or you did something X or Y. And it makes you feel good. It gives you that little dopamine hit and they put another carrot on a stick and you're endlessly chasing it. And it's like, why are you chasing it? Like, why are you spending all this money on Genshin Impact, right? Because you're chasing the next loot box and the next pull or whatever. When ultimately it's like really bad for your wallet. And at the end of the day, you're not getting anything. Unlike Duolingo, where you know they are, there is a carrot on a stick there, but you eventually will like gain something at the end of it, and all all of Even gaming little... now is optimized around that these days. Yeah, by
1: all means. Even my little Guitar Hero thing, like my that was a very measured, I guess, distance because I first of all I was already like decent at the game, which is why I was going back and playing the old ones. And I had a very clear, there's only a set amount of songs. There's no DLC on the PlayStation (laughs) 2. So like, I had this specific set amount of songs. And I knew five stars, except for like Jordan, I think, was the only one I couldn't do. Um, And so I said, okay, these are the songs. I can five-star them if I put a little effort. But I know there's going to be an end to this. And there's actual possibility that I can do this. I'm not going to waste my whole life doing this. It was just like a few weeks. Just have something fun Uh to do. Anyway, intentionally giving uh, myself a little carrot. <laughs> that's the uh,
0: that's the gaming addiction uh, segment of the show where games are just. I I don't like how they're just getting super predatory as far as taking your money and time for. If you looking from the outside, very little reward. But when you're playing it, it's like I really want it.
1: It does. It does bring me a little nostalgia going back to that like old thing talking about how like it was the PlayStation Two. Or there was no microtransactions. There was no DLC. There was no added content. Once I finished everything on that disc. It's done. It was over. And like, I mm-hmm. was actually a tangible thing that I could like go and reach, and they weren't going to like add like a new uh, progression system or something like in a few months or whatever. It's like that's it's locked into place. And once I finish the game, and I guess the only thing I have to do is get 100%, which no, I'm not good enough for that.
0: See, my experience with this is they release new guns in Call of Duty all the time, like two or three guns a season, right? If the, if the gun sucks, there's no point in trying to level it up. Because yeah. it takes so long, and once it's leveled up, like, why? Who cares? You're not going to use it because the gun sucks, right? So that's a bad carrot. The good carrot is, like, the EM-2 or the Tech-9, which was unbelievably strong. It's like, okay, this is a good carrot. I'll chase this carrot. Um, but you have to recognize, like, what's a good carrot what's a bad carrot. Melee weapons are a great example. Like, there's no point in upgrading melee weapons. They don't get any attachments. Like, camos? Sure, but, like... The, if if you don't like doing it, If you're like, oh god, I have to get like three more melee kills. Don't do things you don't enjoy. You can stop chasing the carrot.
1: That was your lesson from Destiny. If I remember that,
0: yeah. I mean, after, ultimately, after Destiny.
1: Week and week and week and week of of doing the same few missions. I think at some point you kind of were like, I don't have to do this. I don't want to do this. Feels like a
0: therapy session. We, we were learning a lot of uh, of my gaming philosophy here. I wish we, we yeah. write this down or something. Yeah, if I don't enjoy doing it, I will, I will simply it. stop doing it. Right. So if you if you're chasing the carrot on the stick that is getting, let's say, diamonds in Overwatch, right? But you're always like, God, I fucking hate my teammates. Playing solo sucks. I hate doing this. Stop chasing the carrot. That's what I ended up doing. I I, I thought to myself, you know what? I don't really want to play Pokemon Unite anymore. It's not rewarding. I don't like playing with randoms. And the carrot on the stick is leveling up in masters, like getting a higher leaderboard rank. Carrot's not worth it. I'm out. If if I'm not having fun, I don't do it. And I feel like a lot of people aren't having fun, but they're still doing it. <laughs> it's they're a still reminder. chasing like, the you carrot. You play this
1: to have fun. You play this to have fun. Now, there is an argument that like gaming inherently like introduces something that's very not fun with the purpose of having fun, like, at a later time. Like, a lot of it is frustration and anger, but... You're describing ...with a satisfactory ending. Yeah, basically. But, like, even, like, almost all all of a game of any kind, like, passing a level is normally some level of, like, frustration until you finally get to the end of it, and then it's fun. Some games that aren't this, but, like, a lot of, a lot of games generally are this to some level. Um... But like yeah, like remember that that there should be at least some part where that's actually enjoyable and satisfying, right? If you get to that, if you get a level up, if you're winning games and stuff like that, and you're still not satisfied and you're still unhappy, then maybe reconsider why you're even playing this at all. Because I guarantee you, there's guarantee you, there's some other game out there right now that will actually give you that satisfaction.
0: This is a very MMO centric thing you're describing. Like you do a shit ton of work to then do the thing that you want to do, right? I mean, yes, I, but also, I, I mean, that.
1: like, the, this this kind of philosophy, I think, existed even before MMOs were even a thing because there wasn't enough online. But even so much as, like, doing, like, Pac-Man or something, you have the anxiety of the fact of, like, am I going to get killed? Maybe you're not good at it yet and you don't finish your first level. And it can be frustrating, a little angering, but then finally clearing the level is, is a satisfying. That's the dopamine rush. So it's kind of, it can apply to almost every game that there's a certain amount of frustration that is necessary for you to be satisfied when you actually win. Win, whatever like, metric that yeah, is. Yeah,
0: definitely. Rhythm games are the same That's way. That's like, I, oh, I not, can't. So,
1: not to the MMO level, but mentioning like every game, most games at least, have some level of this included somewhere. But again, if you are if you go for very long periods of time and you never have that satisfaction, and even things that are supposed to give you satisfaction no longer give you satisfaction, then it's a time to turn it off. Do something else, because there is plenty of satisfying content. So we're in an oh. overloaded world
0: i'm looking at league of legends players right there it, it's kind of like when you play rhythm games right and you <laughs> want to complete the hardest song right but you have to play all the smaller yeah, songs like kind of and things. the easier ones yeah. to get up there right it's just mmos exacerbate it the most right it's hundreds of hours before you can have fun yeah,
1: and yeah. I, <laughs> and
0: really I, at really certain day, because point, it's, it's like, normally yeah.
1: it's the progression is pretty it's pretty steady i think i don't know if it's linear but it's pretty steady where like if you keep playing it you will actually get better, and maybe for better in, in arcade games, obviously, that meant you just kept putting money into the game, but when they got to the consoles, it meant that you could just like keep going, I guess. You could just get better at the game and enjoy it.
0: All right. I'm going to shift from carrot talk, because I can complain about <laughs> video games all day. We're going to shift from carrot talk to complaining about Pokemon cards. Federal prosecutors claim a man from Georgia used $85,000 of pandemic relief business loan to buy a $57,000 Pokemon card. He's being charged for lying on his application about how many people his business employed, its gross revenue, and faces one count of wire fraud. And about a $57,000 Pokemon card might have been a... I'm guessing it was a first edition Shadowless Base at Charizard. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong, Kilda, but I think the pandemic relief business loan was the same system people were going through and they were mad that like Shake Shack, I think it was, took from it. It was
1: several companies, I remember that.
0: Yeah, and so this guy faked having a business (laughs) to buy a Charizard. There's not really any commentary I can provide on this other than I just want to add to the running list of how fucking ridiculous collecting Pokemon cards has gotten. Of course, there's always going to be fanatics and crazy people. It's the big numbers problem, right? You get a thousand people, one of them is going to be absolutely fucking batshit insane, right? But this is just another example of that. We have people pulling guns on each other for Pokemon cards, targets taking them off the shelves. Now we have wire fraud. We're adding to the list. We have threatened... Assault, people getting guns pulled on them, and wire fraud added wire to the Pokemon trading card Wire fraud and also defrauding
1: like government relief programs. <laughs> <laughs> defrauding like, government? Allegedly. Relief programs that are meant, yeah, allegedly, but relief programs meant to assist people while a deadly pandemic was raging through the
0: country. <laughs> How many we had? We had a quarter million people dead at, uh, from the Rona? Oh, I don't even remember. I different. lost
1: count. I'm not even keeping track. I just know it's a lot. At this
0: point, it is a lot. Well, he spent a lot of money on a Charizard. I I want to know what he was going to do because clearly he had a plan, right? Did he plan on purchasing this Charizard, holding it till it went up to a hundred thousand, and then selling it? Because I, a lot of people are like, "Oh yeah, this guy bought the Charizard," and, like he just like he wanted to look at it. He wanted to own like one of the Pokemon holy grails. He must have had some kind of business plan, right? To
1: Maybe to that's pay, our mind thinking, but not his. Do you have to
0: pay back this loan even? I know it's a loan, but I know there were certain loans that came up during the pandemic that you didn't have to pay back. Crass, I'm, I'm not yeah. sure if this is one of them. I'm
1: not sure. I'm not sure actually.
0: But I, w- I want to know basically what was his end game. What was the strat for buying this Charizard? Was he did he have a deal lined up to sell it to someone else and then have that money and then pay back the government and then keep the keep the net profit? from that or was he going to open a card shop like what (laughs) if he was going to open a card shop and then then employ that many people and be like okay so I lied on the application but when they come check I'm going to make it actually accurate doesn't seem like a good business plan in my opinion but what was his end game because I have have enough faith in humanity to where his end game wasn't really to like get it and just put it on his wall right and that was it that was as far ahead as he thought (laughs) I mean, I don't. Maybe when the court the, documents the come out, The investment might we'll be a out.
1: thing. Where we seem to be like in an era now where like everyone is just investing in things like cryptocurrencies. People threw all their money into GameStop stock earlier this year and, and Pokemon cards. It, it does seem like we're in a very kind of like investor rush right now where everyone wants to kind of get some more money out of things. So maybe I wouldn't be surprised if this was just another part of it would not be Could even be. the craziest story probably to have come out of weird things people have done for investments.
0: Uh, I'm not actually even sure what Pokemon card he bought. The card that IGN is showing is a reverse holo Charizard from Evolutions. That card is not worth $57,000. What card uh, would so be worth So I'm not even sure what 000. card he bought. I, I, it has to be a Shadowless first edition base set Charizard. Those have to be around 57000 right? I, I feel that's like the
1: one. maybe it is. I don't
0: know. Maybe it's that one, but I don't know. Anyway, uh, that guy. Good luck, buddy. I guess. I. It's hard for me to feel bad <laughs> about a fellow Pokemon collector who's defrauding the government. But <laughs> I, I wanted. I want to know what what was the play here, pal? Like you. Okay. So you jumped out of a second story window in Warzone, and landed in front of four people, and they gunned you down what was what was the plan? Were you expecting to land behind yeah, exactly. them? Were you, did you did you have like four throwing knives ready and you're gonna hit all four? like what what were you thinking? it played it played out how we thought it would play out. You hit the ground and they all shot you. But what went on in your head? That's what I want to know.
1: I would also like to know too. or maybe I don't know. Do you didn't think the four people were outside the window? You thought I, that the, the IRS wouldn't wouldn't go after you, or the federal prosecutors, even though they go after you. I mean, you if you have to be rich enough for them to not care about you. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe they thought that if if the billionaires can get away with it, then maybe I could. But they pay someone to help them get away with it. That's their that's
0: their trick. Uh, yeah, and they don't need a loan to buy a Charizard. They simply buy yeah, the Yeah, well, that's
1: no, but I mean, they buy them incredibly large things. But like, they can pay someone to do all of the all of the bookwork so that they don't get caught. But if you can't do that, you're not just going to get away with it that easily. Or we'd all be buying weird Charizard cards.
0: I am buying weird Charizard cards. Uh, so cooler on the last money. episode with my own money. That is true. Uh, on the last episode, Kuehler talked about the World of Warcraft disease, and I found a little info on it. Uh, JoeCat105 on Twitter tweeted, Remember that time WoW had a deadly disease that spread to hundreds of thousands of players? Remember how the CDC asked for data on it and then deemed it unreliable since they felt no real population would purposely spread the disease around like the griefers in the game? And then he said, People have corrected me in the reply saying it wasn't the CDC, just a bunch of people including Blizzard. Still, the point stands. What we thought was ridiculous is an unfortunate reality. And uh, I, looked, I looked at a little bit of what that, like, World of Warcraft plague was, and apparently it was, like, yeah, killer said last week you kill a bunch of low-level players, and they had, like, player-enforced quarantines, and then people the tried to, like, start the spreading it purposefully. Easy.
1: Quarantines were very easy in World of Warcraft obviously because now depending on how addicting you are going back to the earlier topic but for people who weren't super addicted to the game quarantine means you just get in your house and log off <laughs> you, like like you did with the javelin glitch or something when you weren't online at the time oh or something oh my god you just, like, javelin glitch in MW2 just, yeah, I went on a did, cruise Keeler yeah you were on a cruise so it's kind of the same thing it's like ideally like if you're not super addicted to WoW or something you just log off you go touch grass for like a month and then you come back when it's patched <laughs> and that's it oh see but,
0: touching grass is the hard part for some people
1: exactly that's the point i'm saying i imagine this is why this is probably why it turned into a pandemic
0: just just to hit the javelin thing real quick in modern warfare 2 early in its life cycle there was a glitch where i don't remember how to do it exactly but it basically if you had a javelin and someone shot you you would explode with the like, force of the javelin
1: yeah so like and Martyr it was like the
0: uncounterable the uh there's blast shield in the game which took up your grenade slot or your special grenade and it like destroyed your field of view. Cause you literally had like a, a welder's mask on and it wasn't, and you had to toggle it. So it wasn't even on all the time. So it was basically uncounterable. And uh, I was, after I found out that was a thing, I just stopped playing call of duty. I was 14 and my parents were like, we're going on a cruise for a family vacation. And I went on a cruise. And I was like, I just don't want to think about this. It's going to make me so frustrated. <laughs> Shortly after that one man army noob tubes came out. So any of you who are excited about the modern warfare 2 remake, I hope to God it's exactly the same as it was back in, <laughs> what year was that, 2009? like 2010? 2009? 2009, yeah, something like that. was When it came out. And I hope you all feel true pain because Model 1887s, Javelins, Jesus Christ. Anyway, I, I want to go on a cruise as an adult outside of a pandemic. That would be sick. See, what's very unfortunate is I got a real job. I got the ability to take time off and the funding to go on a cruise and then pandemic hits, because I, I feel like you don't really appreciate it at 14, can't even drink, but as an adult... It's
1: a, it's a terrible industry
0: anyways, I'd,
1: I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I'd rather just get a hotel, honestly.
0: it's fair enough.
1: Cruise lines nowadays are basically just gigantic hotels on the ocean, and I don't really care about the ocean that much, to be fair. Not enough to like look at it for like weeks on end.
0: The beach... Like I said earlier, pretty nice. A beach,
1: a beach. One is nice because you don't just have the ocean; you have the beach, and you can like leave the hotel and go somewhere you can't really leave the cruise
0: ship. The very last. I'm not gonna get super deep into it because the show's already pretty long. But Facebook is renaming itself soon. It's true. And they are renaming themselves to align their align with their goals of a metaverse, uh, and they're going to be hiring ten thousand people in the eu i'm not going to talk like super in depth about this and of course how uh terrible of a company facebook is but there are a lot of people out there is like vr is dead vr is a gimmick vr is it's not going to be a thing facebook is going to will it into existence yeah, whether, whether or we're not just gonna, you want it to happen
1: we're going to be forced into our permanent rifts
0: one day Are literal permanent quests. oculus quests quests yeah they're, literal they're permanent selling oculus quests. quests we
1: all live in the facebook matrix
0: they're selling when quests at a loss it's a very quests are such a common headset now beat saber such, the the girl i was talking to at hot topic knew about beat saber like i i remember back in like no 2019 when i told someone about beat saber it's like okay so think about like ddr with lightsabers and i have to explain it to them right i have normal conversations with people now where i'm like oh yeah I work in mixed reality and they're like, what's mixed reality? I'm like, so, you know, Beat Saber. And they're like, yeah. And I don't have to explain further. And then I say, oh, so when you see people playing Beat Saber and you see the real body playing it, that's mixed reality. I'm like, oh, I get it. And that's what happens in 2021. Whereas back in like 2019, there was this whole like, I had to explain what Beat Saber was and what a VR headset is. There's so much more awareness now because of the Oculus Quest. And with Facebook hiring 10,000 people in the EU, they're going to will it into existence. Uh, VR is going to be a thing and Facebook's going to own a huge part of it that's a little bit scary that's all I wanted to say on the topic
1: I think someone found out how to jailbreak the quest too so yeah. from to not have it connected to Facebook so you know it's consideration
0: alright I am now going to rage quit the early podcast thank you guys for listening it has been Nick from Still Shampoo Killers here also find us on Spotify and iTunes and on twitch.tv slash still Shampoo Tuesdays at 4pm I should be back next week And I appreciate you guys watching. Follow me on Twitter and check out the TikTok. See you some other time.